Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Happy November. Crazy. It's here. We have arrived. Tell me, Jamie, do you listen to Christmas music starting now? No. (laughs) I can barely (laughs) handle Christmas music in December. Why? I am not a Christmas music lover. Really? Really. That makes me sad for you. (laughs) Don't be sad for me. I'm okay. Because. I'm a little sad. I will turn it on like Christmas Eve. That's fun. Okay. Like as we're making dinner or if we're doing like gingerbread houses earlier in the month, turn some Christmas music on. But I do not listen to it in my car. It does. Mm. I actually rarely listen to music. Okay. Period. Okay. So it's not like you're like, oh, get this off my radio. I but just maybe you think it's, there's a lot of really dumb songs. <laughs> and we hear the same dumb songs over and over and over and over again. I do think I we need to get. I can't do two get, months of that. Yeah, we need to get a rotation. So I want to listen to a dumb song once a season. Okay. And be like. I, like, I don't want you to be grinchy, anno- Jamie. <laughs> Let, let's think of some of the most annoying Christmas shoes. Oh, yeah. I don't Ugh. love the Christmas shoes. I really don't like Drummer uh, Boy. Uh, oh. You love Drummer Boy. Oh, I think we've had gosh, this conversation. I, that's like, if that comes on, I, I think will we've stop talked and about listen this. to that 5,000 times. I love Drummer every version Boy. of Drummer Boy. You are hilarious. I love it. I remember when I was it's quite little, boring. listening to it on my Fisher-Price record player. We had the record with Drummer Boy on, and I could put it on my little. Maybe that's why you love it. It's I just really it. like memorable. It brings back all those nostalgic I have always feelings. Really liked that song. Always. That one has not gotten old to me. The rest of them, and I know there's new Christmas songs, but yes. I just can't. And it's kind of you probably love you Hallmark set? movies. I do. See, I think that goes hand in hand. No Hallmark movies. I cannot. I handle the don't cheese. want them in October. Okay, because I. Love Halloween. I literally, we have a movie TV in our car, mm-hmm. and I take out all of our movies from the car at Halloween. I have a whole stack, stack of, of Halloween, Halloween movies, movies that we put into the car. We watch Halloween movies on Sundays, like when we're all lounging around the house. Like we, if it's October, we pick Halloween movies to mm-hmm. watch. Like I have Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Love it's it. It's all Halloween. Now it's over, and those Halloween movies will come out of my car, and our stack of Christmas movies go in will the car. go in. And I do. I want all the Christmas movies. I want all the fills, all the music. I mean, I don't have it on my radio now. I don't need it now. But if it comes on, I would enjoy it. You would enjoy it. So Yeah. So you listen to it in November? Sure, if it's there. I don't go yeah. looking for it. Okay. But if it is like, uh, if it comes on, yeah, I'm going to sing along. I'm going to... Feel it. I would like some Thanksgiving songs. Oh, that would be nice. I wouldn't be Something opposed. a little different. Because I have Charlie Day. Brown's Thanksgiving yes, that's mixed that's, in with my Christmas I stuff. Um, I feel like there's another Thanksgiving one I'm forgetting. Oh, Thomas the Train <laughs> Thanksgiving as a Thanksgiving really? episode. And that I have that on DVD from when my kids were little. And it goes right with it the goes Christmas right Okay. Um <laughs> We did something new because we usually try to pick like a Halloween movie or something as we open the door to trick or treaters. Last night we picked, we love Bob's Burgers. Have you ever watched Bob's Burgers? No. I don't watch a lot of TV. It's like a, um, it's an animated sitcom. I feel like I can like see. Like the little girl has pink rabbit ear hat, a pink rabbit ear hat. Okay. On. Anyway, they. I've never seen it. They have a. Burger joint. It's a family. Like a family business. A family business. It's cartoon. It's animated. Oh my gosh. It is so funny. I just think it is the funniest show. And so every once in a while, we'll just like, we're bored, don't have anything to do. We'll sit down and throw a Bob's Burgers on. So I don't follow it. I don't watch it every week. I okay. rarely actually watch TV. Um, but last night, as we're opening the door, we were just like, Let's see if there's any Bob's Burger Halloween shows. And we found a couple Halloween episodes there of it. There you and go. It, 
It was the, this is going to be my new favorite tradition is our favorite shows. Let's just watch pick the, the Halloween versions. episodes. There is on at least on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. If you search up like how there is a Halloween, category that says Halloween episodes, oh. and you can see from all their shows, from their shows, the Halloween their Halloween episodes. ones. I'm wondering if you can do that on all of the streaming platforms. I don't know. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because it it was really fun. It's brilliant, actually. Yeah. We because I love that stuff. Yeah. That's fun. Anyway. Very yeah. fun. No, Christmas music is not turned on yet. I, honestly, I haven't even taken down my Halloween stuff. I haven't either. So we're not there yet. No. I'm an, I'm a, I'm not, I don't have a regular set routine for like when it comes down, when does Christmas go up? It's just really like, when does the mood strike me? Oh look! I have a day today. I really want to get this up today. Let's do that today. And I never know when that's going to be. Or do you have? I have a few fall, or I can turn some of my Halloween things. Like I can use it for both, like the pumpkins. We have a few um, Thanksgiving things that we definitely we do not put Christmas up till the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, I put. I'll put it up. I'll put it up. I might do both. Right? Like I'll leave the pumpkins out, and then there's a Christmas tree. We go the if weekend after time. Thanksgiving and cut down a Christmas tree. So that that's is super when we fun. do the Christmas decorating. That is way fun. Yeah. But also, my husband pointed out yesterday that the decorations have sure decreased over the year. It does take a lot of time and, and effort. I just didn't. I didn't even put a single Halloween decoration up. Ava did this year. And she lost steam after maybe three things. Yeah. So two Two or three decorations are up at my house right now, so it's not like it's going to be hard to take Chris. I mean, Halloween down. Yeah, there is nothing. There's not a lot. But I've had I've had my seasons in the past where I couldn't bring I myself to decorate. It. Yeah. So I it happens. You know, Scott was like, "Where's our giant spider? What happened to that?" I'm like, "It's in a tote." He's like, "What do you mean? Why didn't we get it out?" We you could didn't have get it out it because out. we didn't want. To decorate. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. There's always. It wasn't there this year. It requires effort. Sometimes we don't have to give. Yeah. And that's okay. But I am going to pull out Thanksgiving. Good for you. It's going up. There's, there is the time to be thankful. I really like, I have these cute little turkeys that I love. Anyway, just cute. I love it. And I just love that it's so overlooked that I make a big deal out of it. Yeah. For that, that purpose. can be your holiday. I feel like Jamie. I'm putting the flag up for Halloween. Oh, like, absolutely. Hello, give us attention. You got it. I'm That's giving right. It to so I like it. Anyway, I have a fun fact for you. Oh, you do. Um, my Angelo, I just don't even know how I can pick one thing when I read like about her. She goes can on and on and on and on. However. I will start the beginning. <laughs> She's just an amazing woman. Maya Angelou was born Marguerite Annie Johnson in 1928. She was an American memorist. What? Memoirist. Oh. It's hard to say. An American memoirist. She So she wrote memoirs? Wow. Or did she, just because she wrote her own memoir... Do you call yourself a memoirist? I'd actually never heard I memoirist. I have no idea. So uh, I have some research to do there. To be continued. She was a popular poet, a civil rights activist. She published seven autobiographies. Well, there's my answer. When you write seven autobiographies, maybe you call yourself a memoirist. Three books of essays, several books of poetry, and is credited with a list of plays, movies, and television shows spanning over 50 years. She received dozens of awards and more than 50 honorary degrees. Angelo is best known for her series of seven autobiographies, which focus on her childhood and early adult experiences. The first, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings tells of her life up to the age of 17 and brought her international recognition and acclaim. Okay, I want to make a correction from a couple of weeks ago when we announced that this was the book we were doing. We looked up the publication date and I think it said like 1993. That was 
obviously a newer edition. It came out in 1969. Wow. And they just, that's had what Goodreads said. So it had had a re-release. Okay. Um, but it originally came out in 1969. So correction there. I read 1993 and then just didn't even think twice that that could not be true. Right. Yeah. Um, she became a poet and writer after a string of odd jobs during her young adulthood. This is where I think it's very interesting. These included fry cook, sex worker, nightclub performer, Porgy and Best cast member, Southern Christian Leadership Conference coordinator, and correspondent in Egypt and Ghana during the decolonization of Africa. She was also an actress, writer, director, and producer of plays, movies, and public television program. Wow. What? That list. <laughs> that list of jobs. Respectable and those that are not. Respect, often jobs considered respectable. She's done it all. And. Wow. It's part of her story, part of her legacy. I had no idea. No idea. That is amazing. And I love that it's like sex worker. This I know. Is not something I was like, to be embarrassed of. It's right. That's something she did say, to try to make what? her way. Some people have to do this at times. It might not be the best choice or you might not agree with it, but this is what I did. And, you know, we move on from there. Anyway, there's lots more. We'll hit it next week. But I thought that was an interesting list of jobs for her resume. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So interesting woman. Very. Wow. She's had an interesting life. So, I am very intrigued to read. Correspondent in Egypt and Ghana? What? Like, how How did this all, like, I want to know, like, you see this list of jobs. I want the string in between them that tells us how you got there. Seriously. I want the connection, the in-between. Are we going to find that in her book, do you think? I hope. I hope so. Wow. Anywho. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Maya, Maya. Well, today is What's on Your Shelf. Welcome to November. Yes. Hallelujah. We haven't talked What's on Our Shelf in weeks. missed it. I have read so many books. I had a really difficult time deciding what ones I was going to talk about today. Same. Samesies. So, (laughs) Jamie, What's on Your Shelf? Okay. I've read some really good ones lately. My first one I'll talk about is Wrong Place, Wrong Time. I feel like this sounds super familiar. Yeah, you'll recognize the cover. It's a Reese's Book Club pick. Um, I don't remember what month it is for. It came out in August of this year. And I loved this book. Okay. I gave it four stars. And the reason I loved it so much is first half of the book, I would have thought, yeah, this one's getting three. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Second half of the book. Oh, like, I. Okay, this is why I was like only three stars. Okay. So we have the main character. She's married. She's got a son who's 17. And it starts out like the day before Halloween. Oh. She's carving a pumpkin. She's kind of mourning that her son is 17 and not this baby anymore. And it's gone way too fast. And she's carving a pumpkin all by herself. She's just kind of reflecting on, you know, her marriage and her kid's childhood and the days gone by. And anyway, starts out there. And she's waiting up for her son to come home. He's late. She's getting kind of worried. She looks out the window and she sees him walking down the street towards the house. And she's like, oh, good, there he is. But then at the same time, she sees this other character walking in the street. This is the very, very beginning of the book. And he appears to be an older gentleman, but she can't see very well who it is. She doesn't think she knows who it is. And then she sees her son pull out a knife and she screams. She could just see her son is going after this guy. And her husband comes down, they run outside, and her son stabs this gentleman. And so she is reflecting on, my son would never do this. How did this happen? This is, do I even know, if if I think he could never do this, and I saw him do it, 
what don't I know about my son that makes me think he could never do this? I must have been missing something. Oh, Have I been a good mom? Did I not teach him well enough? Like she goes down all of this. She wakes up, he gets arrested, the whole, she, her and her husband aren't allowed to see him. They go back home. She somehow manages to fall asleep and wakes up the next day. And it's the day before the incident happened. Oh. And she, so it's a time travel book. Like a Groundhog Day. Which I do not love. Yeah. I am not a Groundhog Day fan. Books of like changing time and reliving a day or going back and changing things, you better be a really good book. Yeah. Otherwise, I have zero interest. So I start reading this and I'm like, zero interest. Uh-oh. Zero interest. And... um. And then I stuck with it and it it jumps back, not like one day, two days and three days. Over time, it becomes larger amounts of times it, it goes back. Like it'll be the next year. It'll be three years before that. But she's always going back. So it starts out with the day before and then maybe a week before and then three months and then a year. Like it's every time she wakes up, but it, she wakes up at these significant points where she's trying to figure out how we got here to where my son stabbed this man. Oh. And she is piecing this all together and then coming back to like a previous time and trying to keep that same information. Oh my gosh. It was good. Oh my gosh. It was really good. I love the way it all came together at the end and the ultimate resolution was great. But what really caught me was the reflection of her kid growing up, like going back and being able to see him as a three-year-old again and remembering those boots he wore or that he said it this way. And I think just because I have a senior this year, this really hit me like, Oh my gosh, how fast time has gone. And I think our kids were born in similar years. She's similar age as me. I actually think our kids were born the exact same year. So it like it caught my heart. Oh. And just going back through all the questions of, oh, I wish I knew then what I know now and I wouldn't have handled that situation that way. Or I just want to go back one more time and hold them or hug them or hear that little voice again. Oh my gosh, did it have me wrapped around this book? because of that like that is so it cool. took my mom a heart and i just want to wake up in the five days before and a year ago and five years ago just to have a second look yeah at all of it that sounds fun it's happened so i have fast. it on hold i was just looking yeah i i'm excited to see what you think i just thought it yeah yeah it just awesome it got all the feels from me and a good story. I like a yeah. book like that. It was great. Cool. I gave it four stars. Again, that is Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. All right. All right. The first book I'm going to talk about today is Lucy by the Sea by Elizabeth Strout. Um, I have no idea where I found this book. Huh. But... Um, it's been read quite a few times. It has really high ratings. It, I think, is, it's a book that you could read by itself, because I did, but I think that it uses characters that she has written in other books. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So, I got the impression, well, and it says on here, if you're on Goodreads, that it's a part of the series Amgash, which I I've never read this series. Uh, yeah. I know no other books. But what I think happens is you just have the same characters and they, right. but you could read probably any of the books. They're not in on their any own. kind of sequential order or connected to each other, but I'm a guessing like of maybe, yes, characters. Okay. okay. So this book, I don't think I even knew what I was reading when I started it. Yeah. So I was a little bit surprised. Right. This is a story of a woman who is in her 60s. Or late 50s. She's um, single. She is an author. She's a widow. Her husband has passed. She is also divorced. So her first husband is around and they are in contact. But her second husband um, recently passed, like a year before. Okay. 
that seems recent. Anyway, yeah. and as she has been spending a little bit of time with her ex-husband, he's for reasons that they explain in the book. There are there's a reason to it, and it's not romantic. Okay. She's just being supportive for him. And COVID hits. Yes. Oh, COVID hits. Okay. So and they live in New York time. City. And her husband is a scientist, or her ex-husband is a scientist, and he's like, look, we, he can see the seriousness of this before everyone else, and is like, we should just get out of town. Like, we shouldn't be in the city. It's too dense here. We should get right. out, and very quickly convinces her. He rents a beach house in Maine and convinces her to come with him, and let's just, for a few weeks, let's just, just get out of town. Here. We have no reason not to. Right. Let's go. And so you are taken on this journey with them through COVID. It is interesting. These are going to be some fascinating stories that come out of this. Yeah. I think I think when we we were still in it and stories were coming out, it was too much we're living in it. Yeah. But now that it's I know it's not over, but we're past We the, are a step removed from yeah. the intensity. It almost seems like another life. It doesn't seem real, like it, does it? Did it really happen that we closed the whole world down? Anyway, so yeah. now though that that it's been fun it to read a very few that interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting. I I will even say like halfway through I was like this is kind of slow and then I went to myself covid felt so slow. <laughs> like is it that interesting? Do you how, know what I mean? Like yeah. she's talking about her days and the way that they handled things and, and the precautions happens. that they took and the way they viewed other people and their reactions to covid and the precautions or lack of precautions that other people took. And right. and it's and it also touches on like the riots Oh, and, there was so much going on. Um, um, Floyd, what's his name? Yeah, George Floyd. George Floyd, and that experience, like seeing that on TV and how that affected her feelings. And anyway, it was very interesting. That sounds... I liked it, and I actually liked it. I gave it three stars. It has like 4.24 stars online. I gave it three stars, I think, just because... I don't know. It was kind of slow. like I said. It did. It did it feel slow. Although slow, it was very interesting to yeah. be this at this level removed from COVID, now. and to then read an experience of yeah. COVID that is fictional, right, but, but very still, real for a lot of people. To what it used to be, you know. Yes, it feels very removed now since we're not in the midst of all the precautions that we were at. And yesterday, when my um, students were parading for. Halloween, kids had their hands out and were high-fiving as you walked by. And just for that second, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to sanitize everyone when we get back. And then I was like, yes, I should sanitize them. Sure. But there, it was almost a panic thought of because that's how, many how it hands was. they were touching. Yes, that's how it felt. But we did not touch it all then. And so just these little things every once in a while just like come back pop in, in and I'm yeah, like, oh, whoa, that totally. is how our life used to be. Totally. Anyway. And the things that like our mind, the where our mind would go in the midst of that isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the, the effect it has on relationships, yeah. right? Because Absolutely. there was, there's her, which she's living with her. Ex-husband again, but they're in separate rooms, but they're living together. There's nobody else around. Then what is happening? They have two daughters together that are adults and what choices they're making. Anyway. Right. And you're in this together, regardless of what you think of each other, married or not married. Yeah. You're both experiencing yeah. this. It's very, very, it was, it was very interesting. I would love yeah. to talk. Like, I would love for someone to read it and get their views on it. Anyway, it's called Lucy by the Sea by Elizabeth Strout. Awesome. Okay. I read Ghosted by Rosie Walsh. Ooh, I read this a long time ago. It has a very intriguing cover. It came out in 2018. I don't even know, like, this has never been on my radar. I don't know where I even heard about it from, but I really enjoyed it. I gave it three stars. I think it's coming out. Like, is it coming out if in it's a movie? on a movie or TV? That might be, oh, you know what got me is <laughs> right on the cover. It says, I absolutely loved this book and didn't want it to end. Leanne Moriarty. <gasps> Leanne. You, that's all. Just put your name on it, Leanne, and I'll read it. Seriously. Um, 
But I think maybe you might be right that it's being mated to I feel a movie like I or a Netflix series or something. Um, anyway, the story is about these Sarah meets Eddie, and they instantly connect. They both had different relationships in the past, fail, not fail. But this one, it just seems like just instant connectivity. They fall in love fast. Eddie's on, well, Eddie's on vacation there, I want to say. And Sarah is back home visiting. So this is in England. Sarah lives in California now. And she comes back home every year at this time to visit her parents. And while she's there, she goes on this, she meets this guy, Eddie, and they end up spending like a whole week together. It's kind of like one of those like vacation romances. Yeah, whirlwind. Yeah, just a total whirlwind. They fall fast and deep. But at the end, they've made like they're both like, this is going somewhere. This is important. This is something. We feel like there's something. And so they they have each other's phone numbers. They, all their social media and everything. And they're both just really excited. He's going on a trip that was pre-planned with some friends for a week. And she's staying back in England with her family. And then she'll go back. Then they'll have a couple more days together and she'll go back to California. And then they're just going to figure it out at that point. What? what happens, but they are very, very much connected. So he leaves on his trip or they say goodbye. And all of a sudden she doesn't hear from him at all. She's texted. She's not getting anything back. He hasn't checked in after his travel. Like, Hey, we're going to, he's not answering her phone calls. And she's really actually starts to worry. Not that she's been ghosted, but that she's like, something's happened to him. Something had to have happened to him. He would, this was something, this wasn't just a one night stand and all her friends are trying to convince her. Yep. This is a vacation romance. Like he got what he wanted and now he's moving on and she's just insistent. No, 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 that's not what this is. There's no way something has to be wrong. Something had to have happened to him. So she kind of starts researching and trying to like, put together, she doesn't know a lot about his family or his friends. And she's trying to reach out to people to be like, hey, on his Facebook page, has anybody seen Eddie? He was supposed to and he's not there. I'm worried that something might have happened to him. And it just goes from there. I'm going to leave it at that. I remember liking it. Liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It was super interesting. Very, very different. Because in my head, I'm going, yeah, he ghosted you. Yeah. And she, who total level-headed, professional, you know, woman, just doing her own thing, smart, she starts getting kind of crazy. Like, don't call him, let him call you. And no, she's like sending 60 texts every day, like kind of goes obsessive on this out of worry and Mm -hmm. sure she's not being... Overly, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So good. It was really good. I gave it three stars. Ghosted by Rosie Walsh. Awesome. Okay, my next book I'm going to talk about is called Mary Jane by Jessica Anya Blau. Um, I have been waiting for this one for a really long time. Okay. Um, This book is about uh, a girl. She is like 14 years old she is an only child mm-hmm. and it's like the 60s i want to say okay. maybe the 70s time era okay and she lives with her parents in pittsburgh and her parents are well off she had you know she comes from a good family she spends her time helping her mother like grocery shop and make the food and clean the house and like it's very it sounds very structured um very much routine like they know what they're going to do every day this day it's monday we're going to do you know we're going to clean the kitchen it's tuesday we're going to do the bathrooms it's that kind of a right. household right um she's very organized 
Yes, very much a loner. She does not have very many friends. She just doesn't seem to click with people. Okay. She loves to read. She's in her church choir. Um, She does have two good friends. They're twins. And they are going to be spending this particular summer away at sleepaway camp. And she didn't want to go to sleepaway camp because she finds it really overwhelming and loud and chaotic. And she just wants to read. Her favorite time is the campfire time because they sing around the campfire. This is totally my son. Okay. Okay. I totally get her. She's very kind. Uh And she just, you know, follows the rules and does whatever her mom needs her to do. She's a good Mm -hmm. kid. But she's just kind of a loner Mm -hmm. um, in a really sweet kind of way. She is asked, there's a new family that's moved in in the neighborhood, and they have a young five-year-old daughter. And they have asked her, Izzy is her name, if she would come for the summer and babysit every day. Kind of be like a nanny for their five-year-old daughter. Um, The dad is a psychiatrist, and he works at home. Like, he turned the garage into an office. And the mom is just needs help around the house. And so she's just going to be there. But uh, Izzy will be taking care of their daughter. So she, um, or Mary Jane. Izzy is the daughter. I totally screwed up. Izzy is their five-year-old daughter. Mary Jane is the girl that we're talking about. It's the girl that's going to be the nanny. Yeah, she's the daughter. Or is the girl, main girl of the book. So she goes and meets this family. And this family is very different from her family. They are messy. There is stuff everywhere. There's garbage. There's like expired food in the fridge. (laughs) There's like books just haphazardly laid everywhere. The dad can never find his keys. And and because how could you find your keys in this house? Like it's just messy. Um, They are loud. They leave their doors open to the bedrooms. Like all these kinds of things are just like shocking to Mary Jane. But they are kind and they are affectionate they hug each other and Mm -hmm. they hug mary jane and they just are happy to see her and they appreciate everything that she does but they are very like wild compared to the home that mary jane grew up in and she likes it she finds it she likes it and so she knows she could never tell her mother what it's like there because she thinks her mother would never allow her her to to go go back back. Uh and so she kind of starts to kind of tell little fibs like they say swear words and she would never tell her mother that yeah um the clothes that the mom wears in the in this other family it's like you can see all of her shape and that is (laughs) outrageous and so she doesn't ever want her mom to come over because if she saw the state of the home and if she saw the clothes the mom wore she would know she, she wouldn't let her so she starts to kind of tell little fibs and um Soon into her babysitting job, the dad tells them that they're going to have a special guest in the house. They're going to, he's only, he's canceling all of his other clients and focusing on one client who is a music star. And his wife, who is a television star, Mm -hmm. is going to be coming and staying in their home. For privacy reasons. Okay. And he is going to be getting, he's an addict and he is going to be getting special Treatment. counseling and counseling. no one can know. Wow. So she really starts telling some lies so that because she can continue she staying stay. and helping in this house that she ends up loving. So it's one thing starts to lead to another and you go on this experience with her throughout this summer of her eyes being open to a whole different world. Um, and where that leads her. It was very interesting. It was fun. It was different. It was it was lighthearted. And it was fun. It was good. I gave it three stars. Okay. And I thought it was a good read. I would love, like, all the different things that she is. I think my favorite part. I don't want to spoil anything. There's a fun, tw- like, realization that she comes to at the end end Mm -hmm. of after being exposed to all of this totally different world yeah and her realization of like where does she fit in like the grand the great big world right is it over here in this world that her she was raised Uh uh-huh 
is it here in this wild, crazy, totally different place? And where does she find herself fitting? Yeah, and I, I really like that. I love the idea that you can't really decide what your life is going to look like if you've only ever seen one thing. True. Because then your life, it's not a decision. That's just what it is. Yeah. But if you actually get to decide how your life looks, you have to see multiple experiences to kind of choose where you want to lie in there. And she was yeah. given that experience. Yeah. It was good. Huh. It was good. It's called Mary Jane. Awesome. Okay. My next one is Salito by Javier Zamora. This is a memoir. This is a very long book. Oh, <laughs> Solito? Solito. Yep. It just came out September of 2022. And it's a memoir of Javier Zamora. And he writes this later on in life. But as a, I think a 10-year-old or maybe a 7-year-old, somewhere in that age range, um, he is from El Salvador. And his, he lives with his grandparents, kind of starts out with him with his grandparents in El Salvador and kind of talking about what life is like there. His mom and dad have migrated to the United States and are living in the United States. And they, between mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, they're saving up money to get um, Javier there. Oh, wow. So it's expensive. They've tried to get him a travel visa and he's been denied multiple times. And so now they don't, they can't apply again or they know they just don't have a chance to get him there. The legal route. Right. They tried it. It's not there. And um, so he is only remembers his, his dad went first, I think. And then his mom went, he, on, he doesn't really remember his dad. Really the only way he knows his parents is through these phone calls. They talk, you know, once a week. Um, but wow, he's lived crazy. without them. Yeah. So he's really missing knowing what a mom and dad is or how trying to hold on to those memories of the mom and dad that he had, if there were any, he's not sure if there were, or he made those up or, yeah. you know, cause it's been, a, they've been a, for a long time apart. Well, they finally saved up enough money and hired what's called a coyote to illegally take them across the border and get them into the United States. He is going by himself. Grandma and grandpa are not going with him. So this boy between seven and 10 Ooh. by himself, it is about a 3000 mile journey. And his grandpa goes with him up through Guatemala. And then his grandpa has to leave and come and come back home. And he continues on with this coyote and a whole group of people. And they kind of meet up with another coyote in their group. I mean, along the line, there's this whole network of how you get into the United States in illegally and um, the money it costs and how they go. Like they're told to back, you know, only pack things that are dark, no light colored things. You're going to need, you know, this kind of shirt, like a dress outfit, dress clothes, like a nice shirt and nice pants. And then you're going to want a sweatshirt or tennis shoes with no white laces. And you're going to want this much water and food, all the things you need to be traveling through these countries. They have to go through multiple countries to get there. So they're going through El Salvador, Guatemala, Mexico, and then to the U S and wow. he leaves behind everything he knows. And then he's with this group and it's just, Oh my gosh. It's heartbreaking. Like he just, he's put with, there's another mom there that has a daughter about his age and he's put with her to kind of pretend to be her son because they have to, they're given different identities and they have to learn how to kind of, when they're in Mexico, talk with a Mexican accent the way Mexicans do so that they don't get, because they're in Mexico illegally, they're in Guatemala illegally, they're, every wow. border they've crossed, they're there illegally. And so they have to switch up how they walk, dress, talk to kind of assimilate. And if anybody questions, like the police, if they get questioned, or if you have extra money, these are the places to hide it. Do not put it in your sock because that's where they're going to look. It goes through all these incidences of... Wow. People, you know, the police get on the bus and they have to ask everybody, like, where you're from, where you're going, do you have papers and all this stuff. And some of the people that are with their group get pulled off the bus. 
and really the police are just looking to be bought off, they're not going to take you unless you don't buy them off. And so they ask if anybody has money and they give them a little bit, but then you always have a little bit to give, but you hide the rest. And they didn't, they put it in their socks. And so they took their, told them to take their shoes and socks off and there was that money there. So then they did get it taken because they were lying and trying to hide money from the police. So then police get their money and they they arrest him as well. So he travels from March. They leave middle of March and it's like three-ish months Wow! of living. Here. I mean, there's some places that you know, they're given these motel rooms that they stay in. And sometimes they're on a boat. Sometimes they're sleeping overnight on a bus or they're in a warehouse. It Like you look at our borders of the United States and we look at illegal aliens coming in. And of course, we want to protect our country. We want safe people that aren't going to cause harm to come into our country. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. So how do we protect against people who are going to come in and harm? And how do we people who are coming here for a better life or to escape gangs or danger how do we get them here so they don't have to get here this way because it's so awful this kid that's sad it the story is really slow i you kind of touched on that with the other story about the covid and it, it hit it right on with this one like covid days were slow this i was like come on pick it up pick it up pick it up but when you think about traveling 3 months this those days wow. were long. Yeah. You're out in the sun or you're sleeping on the ground. It's slow because this is a slow process to get to the United States. The setbacks they hit, oh, it just my heart goes out to him. Oh my gosh. That people do this, that so many people have these stories of how they get into the United States. It That is really sad. It just yeah. And he's so little and all by himself. And the one thing in there is like, he's with this mom who has a daughter his age. And of course, she's looking out for him. People are looking out for him. But nobody's hugged him in like weeks. And he just wants a hug. But he also doesn't want to get made fun of as being soft or that he's not brave enough or tough enough to do this journey. Oh my gosh. And he just wants a hug. He just wants like a mom some affection. and some affection to just say, it's going to be okay. You're totally. doing awesome. You know, just anyway, it's, it was a oh really good read. Again, it's Salito by Javier Zamora. Wow. It's a good one. That sounds really good. Okay. The last book I'm going to talk about today is Empire of Pain, the secret history of the Sackler dynasty. By Patrick Radden Keefe. Uh, <laughs> I think you just read this too. I did just read this one as well. So I read this because I'm all a part of the Sharon Says So book club. Same, same. And this is one of her books. This, what does she call it? Semester. Semester, yes. And I don't know that I would have like sought this book out if it weren't like part of, of my that. book club, right? right? Um, this this is the story of the Sackler family. And the Sackler family invented Oxycontin. Oxycontin. Oh. Okay. I just am going to say there were so many times in reading this book that I just wanted to scream. It's insane. You wouldn't believe it, so actually. Insane. This is, a, and it was long. Very long. But yes. I was, I zoomed through it because it was yeah. just so unbelievable would you say the same absolutely i think that i mary jane was like a 10-hour book which is Mm -hmm. very average Mm -hmm. for a novel um and it took me like a little over a week yeah this one i think i read in three days yeah and it's a 535 page book it's a long which is quite long but it is quite the page turner Mm -hmm. yes i think it was like 18 hours yes 18 hours of Pure craziness. It was crazy. Like, you just don't even believe. Like, there's just, you realize there's never, ever a point when you've got enough. There's never enough. Yeah, they never, they, 
are one of the richest families in America. They were taking they- hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of payouts to themselves. Like, hey, I think we should pay ourselves $250 million this just today. Let's yeah, do that. Let's just take some more money here. Let's just And vote. they had the ability and they could. to mm. take that amount. Well, in some ways, like, honestly, they're genius. They discover or they create this medication that takes a lot of genius smarts. They create all these businesses that are interlinked to benefit each business and to benefit themselves yeah. and to cover up who they are. Like, this is... It's insane. So smart and so gross. And they have... I think there's a point when they're finally in litigation, right? Mm-hmm. And they're being sued by the families. Or it's by states who are saying, like, you've created this dependence you and right. you did it fraudulently. And so now you have to help pay for the the cost that the states now are paying to take care of these people who are in these situations. So they are um, pretty much blamed for the opioid epidemic. Right. This is kind of the beginning. Well, and of- a lot of it is. You can see the reason behind it, Which, right? Absolutely. The way they went about about getting things approved. When they saw that there was a problem, they hit it. They hit it and Cover covered it up, up, and then um, trained their salespeople. To, yeah, to act like doctors. Yeah, and they had sell, fake sell, doctors writing writing. It's not going to be a, di- a highly addictive oh, pill. Totally it's saying good for there's pain, no evidence for addiction. Pain care oh my god they were like setting up doctors that were not good doctors that were just writing prescriptions out of like worn down buildings it was crazy yeah it was so bad it was it was so bad and like i there was a part where a lot of the litigation was happening during covid Uh uh-huh and so they were doing these things over zoom like all the court um, meetings were happening over zoom and like family members of people who had died from their addictions and overdoses and things were like breaking in. Did you catch that part? I was dying. And the, the judge was like, I'm sorry, but that's That's not not what what this is for. Like, I'm like, then what is it for? They just wanted to share their stories. Like this matters. You need to do something about this. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I felt like that's kind of what he was saying. Like, and, not that the judge didn't feel for them, yeah. but it really wasn't within his legal... That's not what this that particular lawsuit was about. It wasn't about the people at that point. It made me wonder. Ugh. So I I don't... This book just came out um, in April of last year. Uh-huh. And so it ended, I don't think, without the actual ending of the lawsuit. Because who knows how long that's going to go on until he went ahead and published his book. I... I'm curious, do we know how that all ended up? Like, did they end up paying at all? My understanding is, didn't they agree? They ended up paying a certain amount and with the agreements that no more lawsuits would come. Oh, is that what it was the final? Yeah, I think decision? so. I the think- states kind of just said, okay, this is the best we're going to get. Right. So they settled? I believe so. That is the most so infuriating thing. I'm not positive, though. It was... I want to look it up. It just got so gross at, towards the end. And I think the gross part is when you have money, you can get yourself out of anything. This is what stood out to me the most. There was a lawsuit in 2007, and they were found guilty and had to pay out some money. And then there was a whole list, a whole packet of things they had to change in the future. Okay. They walked away from that lawsuit. They paid out and the, it didn't even hurt them. The amount of money they had, the payout was so minimal. They didn't even care about it. They paid out. They took that packet and they continued on. Well, next lawsuit comes and the judge asks, well, did asks a question which was something that should have been done based off of the first lawsuit and asked if they did it. And they was like, no, I don't know anything about that. And they're like, well, that was in the last lawsuit. One of the things you had to change. And he's like, yeah, no. And they're like, did you even look at that package? No. Seriously. Didn't even read it to see what they needed to do. They just just walked away and continued on. 
You just want to punch no him in the face. Ugh. It is pretty crazy. It makes me so irate. It's and so that they're so upset about, they don't want to be held responsible for anything, but they were taking those kinds of payouts. I just can't get over yeah. the amount of the payouts so that they could live a level These of lavish lifestyle. It's insane. To own like, have their name on everything to own a wing at the Met. That is to, insane. Oh, it's just, I was so glad to hear so people finally being like, yeah, maybe gross. this isn't like, healthy. Their name was on a medical school. They're, oh, it was really, just, it's really, which it was gap. good to hear that a lot of those names were removed. I, and, yep. I but agree. still, it they've totally like tarnished enough. their legacy, which could have been a really good legacy. You have like choices. I feel like yeah. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be able to live very wealthily. You know, who am I? You, right. you brilliant. work hard and you, you earn your money. Great. But you do have a choice to like use that money for yourself or you can s- still live very, very well and do a whole lot of good. Right. And they never, like they really didn't they, do any yeah. good. They just were like more, 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 well, more, and more. And what they gave to was just, for their name, it really for, wasn't to have the their benefit. Name on things. Yeah, like when I mean, he, he had did the give to the doc, the cancer institute, and a lot of research yes. is based off of the money they gave. So yeah, some good came from their money, but the bad the just amount. outweighs yeah, the, the amount. good. Yeah, I agree. It was Sorry, very I fascinating. I highly, highly recommend it. Like I gave it five stars. I thought it was super fascinating. Yeah, I gave it four stars. And it I loved incredible. at the end. The author is a well-known journalist, and he talks about his efforts to try to interview this anyone, anyone from the Sackler from the family, family and to like give the, a fair. Yeah, you know, like I'd love to let you give your side of the story, and he. And he talks about his many interactions, like with their lawyers, and they're mm-hmm. doing giving him quite the runaround. I thought that was super interesting it was really too. Interesting. I love that he shared that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was very good. Yeah, very good. Highly recommend. Awesome. Whew. We'd love to hear if you've read any of these and what your thoughts were. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com. Please rate and subscribe. Share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. club.